Hello and welcome to Art on a Podcast, the podcast created by Art on a Postcard. We're just a month away from our winter auction and we've got some very exciting artworks coming in. This morning I was sent an email of Graham Fink's artworks which have come in and are incredible. If you haven't heard it, I interviewed Graham last week on the podcast and he was so great at that I had no doubt that we'd get some incredible work from him. Um, today's podcast is with another participating artist and actually long-time supporter of Art on a Postcard, um, Magnus Gjern. If you've bought prints from our websites before, then you may have spotted his beautiful skull print. You may have even purchased one of his skull prints. Um, and in today's episode, we actually discuss the skull motif in his work, as well as why he calls himself an accidental artist and what it was like working for some of the world's biggest fashion houses. Describing himself as an accidental artist, Gjern studied fine art and fashion design, which led to a successful career in fashion, working for brands such as Vivian Westwood. A move back into the art world came from decorating the walls of his London flat and realising he could do so with his own artworks. As a contemporary artist, Gjern has exhibited worldwide and questions the notions of beauty by juxtaposing, juxtaposing? juxtaposing a range of styles and media incorporating a street and pop aesthetic with a fine art approach. These pieces draw on history and illusion using existing artworks or fragments from the past to create his own contemporary aesthetic. Magnus, nice to speak to you. How are you doing? I'm good, Rosa. I'm actually in Florence at the moment. Um, I've kind of half moved to Florence which is probably kind of a good idea, seeing as what's happening in London or England at the moment. So, yeah. Yeah, amazing. What sort of spurred them the move on? I was always, like, the thing is, I was always supposed to move because um, my husband obviously is Italian. He's from Florence. And it was kind of something we've thought about for a long time. And after lockdown, we just kind of decided, it had been decided before as well, but we're just like, it's the right time to go. So now we're kind of, just today I actually found a space, a house in the countryside, in the Tuscan countryside. So yeah, we're going to move in there very soon. Amazing. I mean, it seems fitting that you are in Italy because obviously so much of your work is just infused with art history and there isn't really a place more infused with art history than Florence, Italy, you know, places like that. Do you find that your environment sort of um, influences the work that you're creating? Yeah, I think especially like Italy, being in Italy and traveling around Italy, I think you get inspiration from there, but I wouldn't say like the work part of it, I think I do in London. So kind of after being, having been out and about in Italy, Florence, whatever, two museums, exhibitions, you know, seeing it all and coming back to London and then kind of sitting down, then that's kind of when um, all the inspiration comes and all the things you remember, like maybe even you've forgotten about, but it all kind of comes back to you while you're kind of working on a new piece in a way and you kind of get inspiration that way. Right, yeah, I got you. Because, I mean, I was kind of, you know, really um, uh, taken aback when I read your website, just how many places you've lived kind of growing up, you know, in Europe, Switzerland, Italy, Denmark. Why did you move around so much uh, growing up and how did that kind of upbringing influence the work that you make? 
I, I mean, I don't know exactly how it's influenced me, but of course you kind of get this, uh, not a travel bug, but you kind of, you don't like to stay in one place for too long. Um, and I mean, you know, I moved around when I was a kid because of my father's job. Um, and, you know, as a family, we just followed him. Um, and, you know, even now I kind of, every time, every four years, every five years, I kind of feel like moving somewhere else. Um, and that's also why I've again moved to Italy now. But, you know, I still have my studio in London. So, I'll, you know, if COVID forbidding, um, I will be going back and forth, uh, you know, uh, to London. Why keep the base in London? What is it about London that um, keeps you there? I think, you know, London is a metropolitan kind of city and it's you know I'm, I'm my students in shortage it's also kind of east london so you get kind of a bit of um what's it called inspiration from being around creative people and yeah just not kind of being stuck in a little you know in a, not a little city like florence but you know it's a bit more metropolitan it's a bit more open they're more open-minded and you know you also have obviously lovely exhibitions in and art fairs in London, you know, where everyone comes to. Um, and it's kind of a, yeah, you can meet a lot more people and inspirations also in London, I think. Yeah, yeah. I know that you describe yourself as an accidental artist, which I really love that um, expression because you originally worked in fashion for people like Vivian Westwood. Um, how did that transition come about that you landed up being this accidental artist in fine art? Well, so I studied fine art um, before I studied fashion design, uh, bachelor and master in fashion design. Um, so kind of what I, I want, I initially wanted to be an artist and my mother was, listen, Magnus, there's no money in art. You should choose something else. And, you know, so I was like, hey, why don't we do fashion? Because at least that also is a bit artistic and also, you know, I was interested in fashion. Um, and so I did, of course, have that wish to be an artist. And what happened was I'd been working in fashion for 12 years, 13 years, and I moved into a new flat in London and I wanted pieces of artworks put on my wall. And I kind of looked around and I kind of like, hang on, why don't I do something myself, you know, you know? So, I mean, that's how it started. And that's kind of why I call myself an accidental artist, because it started with me kind of wanting artworks on the wall of my own flat and it kind of just snowballed from there to kind of a year and a half later I had to make a choice um, where I could either keep working in fashion uh, which I loved you know I didn't actually want to to leave but uh, the art was taking over and I kind of realized you need to make a choice because uh, you don't have time to do both of these things and of course you know if you have the choice of working for yourself or working for a big company, you know. Of course, yeah, I miss I miss going to the office every Monday. I'm one of those annoying people that I'll come into the office with a smile on my face because I've missed the colleagues mm -hmm. <laughs> over the weekend, you know. But uh, yeah, no, I miss I miss having colleagues. You know, I have I have a girl working for me now. But other than that, you know, you don't have that camaraderie which you have in an office environment. Yeah. Definitely, I think you know, working from home, especially at the moment, just kind of, yeah, like the camaraderie of it, the sort of, the working off of each other, the collaboration. Um, but the fashion industry is, I mean, it's notoriously kind of competitive um, and it's fair 
to say potentially quite a harsh environment did this kind of training manifest in the the discipline and the drive that you have to create or does it stem from somewhere else um i think listen i think you make a job is what you make it and you know i mean maybe that's a cliche to say but i i worked in italy before i started working um for vivian in london and i must say like when working in italy i kind of it was one of those situations where you did kind of uh, kill yourself because you were working so much um, and then as opposed to when you come to Vivian in London, Vivian Westwood, um, it was a bit more easy and it was a bit more, the environment there was a bit more, um, not easy is the wrong word, it's just, uh, it was more fun as you say, it wasn't so much pressure. Uh, maybe that's also the seniority of the position that comes, you know, as you get older, you get more senior and you don't have these, um, you don't have so much pressure um, to perform. The thing is, fashion, of course, is about selling clothes. You have a product, you need to sell it. And, you know, obviously when you have that background, it's, you know, it doesn't dictate necessarily everything I do, but you have that in the back of your mind. Because, you know, one of those things I detest is, oh, I'm doing art because I love doing art. And, you know, no one else likes your art. But, you know, that's, I think that's a co not a common problem, but it is a problem with some artists um, that uh, they kind of think that it's their taste and their taste is the best taste and they, have, they won't hear anything else than listen to themselves. And I think if you don't take into consideration what other people think and what, uh, that you're producing a product for a market, um, I think you're not going to go too far, to be honest. Also, I, when I was uh, reading uh, about your work, um, another theme that comes up is this theme of sort of um, beauty kind of in its conceptual sense, um, in particular um, questions and you, your work questions the notions of beauty. What, what do you mean by this? <clears throat> uh, so it's basically like we're being taught by you know media newspapers all this kind of thing from birth um uh, what to think how to think about specific things and what i try to do and comment on more than anything in my art is to okay here's an object it's a gun but it's you know you juxtapose it with something else and so it becomes a beautiful piece of art and it's kind of taking something you've learned um, to see in a negative light, not necessarily a gun, but, you know, a skull or, you know, death and things like this, and taking it, taking it and making it, uh, making you look twice, making you question what you're looking at. And that's kind of what uh, I do with my art to kind of pr pr propose a different view on the same uh, object that you've been seeing and you've kind of decided from um, influences um, outside that is uh, that are negative aha uh -huh. so it's about a kind of a juxtaposition because one thing i was going to ask you about was your skull motif in your work um and that you mentioned and obviously you know the the skull has always been referenced in art history as a kind of a symbol of death you know in holbein's ambassadors yeah yeah things. time and death and you oh, know yeah exactly is is that the is that the connotation of the skull that you are aiming to subvert 
Um, as well, um, you know, this, the thing about skulls as well, it's a human, uh, you know, it's the inside of a human head. So I think we as humans automatically relate to it anyways, even if it's something dead. Um, we have this emotion when we see a skull. And I think that's also what art is about, obviously, is to uh, create or um, yeah, create an emotion with the viewer that's viewing the piece. And the skull is actually quite a good, good uh, medium to do that. Um, and, you know, even, you know, a lot of them have flowers in and things like that. And again, you have a, the skull is death, still life is also flowers, but they're, they've been cut. So they're also still life and they're dead or they're dying rather. So it's kind of a double meaning to, to the image itself. Aha. Uh -huh. I mean, I, I, I'm such a huge fan of those skulls. I've been looking at them all morning and obviously we have um, a skull print with art on a postcard. Um, I'm wondering what are you working on at the moment? Is the skull still something, you know, with, you know, is, is, is that what you're working on at the moment or what's, uh, what's, how has kind of the situation that we're in at the moment with COVID-19, how has that affected the themes and the, the things that you're working on in your own practice? Um, I'm not sure if it's affected me much, to be honest. Of course, maybe I'm a bit more, trying to portray something a bit more upbeat. Um, but, you know, again, with the skull specifically, you know, there's flowers in it. So it's kind of, you're kind of making something bad, good in a way, or beautiful rather. So in itself, I don't think that needs to change because of COVID, because you're still kind of portraying something beautiful. And I think that's, people need beauty in a time like this. Um, and, uh, you know, projects I'm working on now, it's not necessarily skulls, but, you know, it's, it's uh, themes that I've been using before. Um, we're doing some porcelain pieces. Uh, we're doing a project with uh, Royal Delft, for example, which is a project for 2021 um, and things like that. So, yeah, it's just we're just uh, working on just something that's beautiful and uplifting more. Mm, yeah, that's really interesting to me that you say, you know, people need beauty. And I definitely, you know, I believe that to be true as well. Um, and I and I know that to be true, having you know, in our summer, we did a summer auction and it was really vibrant and colourful. We did, it did amazingly well. And I think it was, comes exactly from where you're saying, you know, this need for beauty. But then I'm also thinking, it's curious to me that, you know, when we talk about, in particular, probably the fashion world, you know, people will talk about beauty standards as being something quite negative or, um, or a kind of, um, oppressive or controlling or and so I'm wondering when when is beauty something uplifting and when is beauty um kind of oppressive you know what what's the distinction uh good question um okay so the there's a you know a lot of people are inside at the moment or have been at least and you know if you kind of create a piece or an artwork that they can put in their house um, that they find beautiful and they find, uh, you know, they get a, a solace in kind of looking at it and kind of brightening up their space where they have to kind of be confined, let's just say. I think that's kind of one of the main things that has, has changed now that people are looking more for art which or changing art in their house to kind of create a new atmosphere because they know they're, they know they're spending more time inside um, so 
they're changing what they have on their walls and i think that's really a good thing for an artist obviously uh, because i think people are buying more art for that sake because they're spending more time at home so they want to kind of have more uh, beauty on the walls not necessarily beauty but you know things on the walls that they kind of can relate to emotionally or you know makes them kind of happy you know either think of something they've seen or been outside or yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's very true. So what's coming up for you um, in the next sort of, you know, few, few months or whatever? What's the next kind of step? Um, well, I'm supposed to go back to London now. Uh, hopefully I don't have to quarantine from Italy because it's one of the only countries that's not on the quarantine list for the UK. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, I have a few charity things, Art on the Postcard, obviously. Um, and, you know, it's Christmas as well, so I'll be releasing a few new prints. And also uh, three new originals are coming out as well. Uh, and I have a solo show as well in November um, at a gallery called Art Hub. Uh, so yeah exciting well I'll be definitely keeping an eye out for those prints and for your exhibition and such because um it's been such a pleasure as I said kind of before this interview I mean I was obviously aware of your work beforehand but just you know actually delving into it and really really enjoyed it and I've also very much enjoyed speaking with you this morning and um I'm very grateful for you giving up some time as well well thank you and thank you for having me take care Magnus um and yeah look very much looking forward to the art on the postcard auction with you thank you take care Rosa have a good day Thank you for listening to Art on a Podcast. To find out more about anything in today's episode, go to artonapostcard.com and be sure to follow us on all our social channels at Art on a Postcard. Goodbye!